1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Money Wise. Today we're going to talk about something that's the single biggest financial decision that most people make in their lives, and that's buying and selling a home. And more importantly, or just as importantly, it's how to protect your home. There are a lot of things that you can do to protect your house that you probably don't know about or don't think much about. So I'd like to begin this morning by welcoming and saying hello to attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning, everyone. And Tenny, you do quite a few real estate transactions, don't you? We do. We usually represent the seller, yes. And I've probably done a few thousand over my career because I've been around for a long time both buying and selling houses and searching titles. That was my first job, actually, working in New Bedford. And I'd like to say good morning to Peter Lance. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, Mom. Good morning, everyone. And Pete, you've been involved a lot in the real estate brokerage side as well, so you've got a fair amount of knowledge, I would dare say, about buying and selling houses, looking at it especially from a broker's perspective, right? I do. I've been a broker for probably 15 years now. Well, we've got lots and lots of things to talk about today. We're going to talk about how should you hold title to your house, how to protect your house, how to buy and sell a house. And if you are involved in any of these transactions or hoping to be, you need to pay attention. We're going to be talking about maybe there's some reasons to sell your house right now. How do you finance the purchase of a house? What are some of the different types of mortgages? What about a reverse mortgage? And... Tenny's going to be talking a little bit about how to protect your house from a nursing home. And buying a house, I think you said at the top of the show, is for most people at least the single largest purchase that you will ever make in your lifetime. And the reason that we're doing this show today is because it's both the best time to buy a house and also the best time to sell a house. So it's sort of a a win-win whether you're looking to buy or sell right now. And the reason for that is because it's you know somewhat of a seller's market because there's a lot of um, uh, inventory problems throughout the state, uh, certainly throughout our area. But it's also a good time to buy because uh, mortgage rates are you know at a real uh, almost historic low level. Yep. So we're going to ask some information, some questions about whether this is a good time to refinance your house because uh, there are lots and lots of things you can do in that area right now to make money and save money, right? That's right. Okay, so let's get started. Tenny, what I'd like to talk about, first of all, if I can, I know you did some research and you've got a lot of information also on what are the different ways to hold title to your house. I bet people don't think about this very often. They buy a house, maybe they take title as joint tenancy, and maybe there's some other kinds of ways they could take title. So I guess, first of all, you could hold title in your own individual name if you're just buying it as one person, right? That's right. That's called a sole tenancy. You're the only one on the deed, so you are the owner. And what if you're buying a house with somebody? Let's say uh, two brothers are buying a house together or they inherit a house together as two brothers. Um, What are some of the ways that they could hold title to their house if they're not married to each other, for example? Generally, there are one of two ways and they're both called tenancies. Uh, One is a tenant in common, and the other is joint tenancy, but they're very, very different. Let me see if I can try to explain. I always remember it best when I add the phrase that often comes after the term joint tenancy, joint tenancy with the right of survivorship. That's the way um, that one Uh, is defined. And what that means is that if there are two people owning a property and one dies, then the other one gets the whole. So it's sort of like um, you each own half, but if one dies, then the other one, excuse me, is going to get the, the entire tenancy. The other way to hold title, um, tenants in common, is quite different from that. There may be two people owning a property, and if one dies, his right to that property 
goes down his um, inheritance line um, so that there is always a, a twosome in that, or sometimes if it, if it gets even more expanded than that, there can be many people in that uh, tenancy in common situation. And I've seen situations over the years, for example, when I've seen two brothers and sometimes I've seen them hold title as tenants in common, which means they each own a 50% undivided interest in the whole. And what that means basically, I guess, is if one brother should die, his 50% interest will go to his wife if he's married or to his children or whoever his heirs are, right? There's no right of survivorship in a tenancy in common. Right, and that, as you can imagine, can get very complicated over the years. If that person has seven kids, for example, you've got one person owning 50%, you've got seven people owning the other 50%. In fact, I think you've got somebody uh, in a town nearby that has that situation right now, right, don't you? Well, I do. And, you know, sometimes people choose to do this. They say, no, I want to make sure that if something happens to me, my 50% interest is going to go to my family and not to my brother. But other times people I've seen brothers, two brothers, specifically make a decision to hold it as joint tenants because they want it to go to the surviving brother if something happens. That's a little odd, I've always thought. But I guess the important point isn't it, Tenny, that you need to take a look at your deed and see if it spe- specifies how you hold title to your house. Yes, and joint tenancy is the um, considered fallback if there isn't any tenancy expressed in the deed. You know, we're going to be talking a lot today about um, homes and how to take, take title to homes. There's a few other forms of tenancy that we want to talk about, but I'm reminded of the fact that uh, Rodney Dangerfield once had a home and he talked about his wife coming in the door. He said, my wife met me at the door the other night in a sexy negligee. Unfortunately, she was just coming home. That's an old one, but a good one. I always like Rodney Dangerfield. I'm sorry. You can't be too serious in life if you have a Rodney Dangerfield in your life. So we talked about tenants in common, which is 50-50, no right of survivorship. And you could have three or four or five or six people hold title as tenants in common so they would each own their respective percentage with no rights of survivorship. That gets messy if somebody dies, doesn't it? That's what I was saying, yep. yes. Can get You can get so many people on the deed that you can hardly ever figure out the title. And then we said, of course, that the joint tenancy has a right of survivorship, and that's sort of like a, a cheap will in a way, but there's a lot of other issues. Um, what about a tenancy by the entirety? That's a special kind of tenancy, isn't it, that only applies to married couples? That's right. If you're married, you can hold your property as tenants by the entirety. What that means uh, is that uh, you both are considered to own the whole. And if one of you should die, the other one automatically gets the whole. And... There's some creditor protection benefits in a tenancy by the entirety. It makes it more difficult if a creditor sues one person in the couple and they get a judgment. My understanding is that if they hold title as husband and wife as tenants by the entirety, then the creditor is not allowed to execute on that judgment and disturb the occupancy of the other spouse who wasn't involved in the lawsuit. So there can be some important creditor protection. I personally, over the years, have always advised anybody who uh, was taking title to a house, a married couple, and I'm going to use the word couple on purpose for a reason I'm going to explain, then you're better off to hold title as joint tenants and uh, or as tenancy by the entirety and not as just joint tenants. Do you feel the same way generally, Jenny? Yes, there are lots of advantages to tenancy by the entirety and very few disadvantages. Um, it, it can get a little messy in the case of divorce, um, but divorce is messy in any case. And if you're a same-sex couple, two men who are married, two women who are married, they can also hold title as uh, husband and wife or husband and husband or wife and wife as tenants by the entirety and have that same protection. 
So if you don't know whether you have that kind of a tendency and you are a married couple, same sex or different sex, you really ought to take a look at your deed. And if you don't have a deed that specifies it's a tenancy by the entirety, then give a call to Attorney Tenny Lance or Mike Coleman. You can reach them at 508-998-8800. Tell them you'd like them to review your deed. It doesn't cost anything to take a look at it. If they need to do a new deed to give you better protection, then they can draw that deed for you. How about holding title in partnership? That's a possibility, yes, um, particularly for business situations. Okay. And how about holding title in a trust? I know you do a lot of work with trust. And if you hold title, if you set up a trust for somebody, like a revocable living trust, for example, uh, do you normally recommend that they put their title to their house in their trust name? Yes, we do, although we also recommend that they consider something called a nominee trust or a realty trust. Um, the reason for that is that we don't ever want to record your entire living trust or revocable trust in the registry of deeds. It would reveal a lot of personal information that is nobody's business, and the registry is a public place. So we do a realty trust, and the beneficiary of that realty trust are the owners and ultimately their revocable trust if they should die. So it still has all the protections of avoiding probate and following your um, instructions for beneficiaries and so forth. So if you have a title and it's not in a trust, if you own a home and it's not in a trust and both spouses die, you could end up having to go through probate to pass the title on to somebody else. Absolutely. But if it's in a trust, then you don't have to go through probate. So that's another reason. If you have reasonably good-sized assets, which include a house, you may be better, much better off to have title in a trust. So how about an irrevocable trust? Do you ever see people taking title into an irrevocable trust, Tenny? More and more lately, we have been doing irrevocable trusts um, in order to protect that property from Medicaid. And uh, it, the, those kinds of trusts are, um, are only for special kinds of folks who feel comfortable with them because they have some uh, features about them that uh, not all people are comfortable with. Or if you have a mortgage on your property, it's difficult to put your house into an irrevocable trust. Nevertheless, they are very helpful for people who are getting older and are very worried about a nursing home or the state under mass health, putting a lien on that property if a nursing home becomes required. So irrevocable trusts are things to consider generally if you're older. Okay, so I want to come back to irrevocable trusts in just a minute because it, it's going to lead us partly into a topic we're going to discuss in just a minute, which is some things you can do to protect your house. But what I want to do is jump over for a minute to um, Rodney Dangerfield. No, I want to talk about um, how to buy or sell your house. But would you like to hear something from Rodney Dangerfield, Pete? I always like Rodney Dangerfield. but So he said, my wife wants to have sex in the back of the car, and she wants me to drive. Very nice. <laughs> that, didn't like that one. Okay. Let's talk about how to buy or sell your house, Pete. Well, right now, uh, it's a great time to sell. Um, there are single-family home prices that have jumped 15% in Massachusetts just this past August, and that has actually pushed the median sales price of a single-family home in Massachusetts to $480,000, which is oh my good lord, really pretty crazy. Wow. I didn't realize it was that high. Yeah, prices have gone really through the roof. There's no inventory out there right now because people are buying things almost as quickly as they go on the market. I've heard stories of uh, competing offers and offers that are being made higher than the asking price. 
So it's a great time if you're a seller to sell your house, right? Right. And it's honestly, any time of year is a, a good time to sell a house. Uh, the best time of year is usually the month of April to list. Uh, but honestly, especially in this market, you can sell a house uh, any time of the year, even during these uh, holiday season. And uh, it, it takes an average of 64 days to close a house in Massachusetts. And that's 29 days to receive an offer that's accepted and then the typical 30 to 35 day closing period. So uh, 64 days is what you should be uh, thinking when you're looking to sell a house, the time frame. But I honestly think that if you list your home for you know a, the, the proper price, you don't want to undersell yourself, of course, but if you list your, your home for a reasonable price, you should get an offer that's accepted in much shorter than 29 days. And uh, owning a house in this country has always been seen as a sign of wealth, as a sign of doing something that's really important for your family. It's sort of like the all-American goal is to own your own house and then to pay off the mortgage sometime. You know, even back as far as Abraham Lincoln, who was our 16th president, he said, insofar as government lands can be disposed of, I am in favor of cutting up the wild lands into parcels so that every poor man may have a home. So talking about home ownership and celebrating home ownership has been with us for a very, very long time. And I said that home um, sales are up 15% since this time last year. Um, that's a, a study that came out in August, but uh, areas like the Cape and more rural areas away from the cities, um, that has actually spiked to 49% uh, increase in home sales because mm. people are trying to leave the, the uh, cities. So with all the volatility in the market today, how do you decide or figure out what the value is of your house or the property that you're trying to sell? Do you do a comparative market analysis, for example, Pete? We do. Uh, we do great comparative market analysis uh, here, and they're, they're also called CMAs. Uh, we typically are extremely close to what an appraisal will come in at. However, in many situations, we do recommend an appraisal as well. It's usually 350 to $450 with the median price being around $400 to do an appraisal. Um, we're really good at what we do here and pinpointing a price. Um, but, you know, in, in some cases, we do recommend that appraisal. So we're going to say a few things about selling a home, but we're also going to be talking in a little bit about buying a home and some things you need to know about financing the purchases of a house and how to go about it and so forth. You know, Mark Twain once said, buy land. They're not making it anymore. That's been a quotation that's been around for a long time. What about using an outside appraisal, Pete? Besides his comparative market analysis, today is so difficult that we are recommending to many people that you consider also getting the appraisal. Yeah, that's what I just said. Not okay. in every situation, but in Not many. Not all of them. Yep. And how expensive is that? Uh, $350 to $450 usually with the average about $400. Okay. Generally, when someone dies, we suggest to the family that they get an appraisal at that point because... That then establishes the what's called the basis for them and that property. And that appraisal can be used to attach to um, any um, income tax filing or estate tax filing or whatever. And it's considered absolutely valid. And that's a really good point. That's called the date of death value. So the appraiser will go back to when this person passed away to get the value of the, of the property on that specific date. You know, I have people once in a while that say they want to try to sell their house by themselves. Uh, do either of you recommend that you sell your property without using the services of a broker? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, uh, unless you're a broker yourself or, you know, a real estate agent yourself, it's just going to be, it's, it's sort of like trying to build a house without a general contractor. You're going to you know, you're going to go over budget, you're going to go way over your time period, you're going to have, you're going to run into problems. There's so many things that um, I do as a broker that uh, take the burden and um, the the liability off of your own shoulders as well. I mean, we do everything from final 
water readings, final meter readings for um, oil or for gas. Uh, we do the final uh, sewer bill. We make sure that the smoke detectors are installed properly and the smoke detector laws change every year really i mean they change every year it can take time to get them too if they take time to get them we arrange getting the fire department to come out and do the inspection uh so there's a lot that goes into it along with just the basics like negotiating the best highest and best price for you uh being at the home inspection and negotiating any issues that may come up with the the home inspection, which there's always issues, even with brand new constructions is gonna be an issue with the home inspection. I think of a couple of other things too. I know a lot of people right now, a lot of brokers will start the sale of a house by having an open house. So I wonder how many people would be comfortable setting up their own open house without having any idea who's going into their house. Whereas if you're doing it with a broker as your selling agent, uh, the broker is going to be talking to other brokers who are bringing people to look at the house. And there's going to be some pre-qualification involved. Um, an incoming buyer who is bringing a buyer in doesn't want to bring anybody into the house. Uh, they want to know that the person they're bringing in has already been pre-approved for financing or pre-qualified for financing and could afford the house. But I don't like the idea, what if you're a single woman and I'm using that on purpose, and you decide you're going to be your own broker and you're going to show the house yourself, you don't know who's going into your house. You don't know if they're going there to check out your house so they can rob it. Um, you only want qualified people to go to your house. Use a broker. And we always quick, uh, kick off uh, a home uh, with an open house. We have what's called a coming soon for several weeks, two to three weeks before um, we actually will do a first showing. In that time, we field a bunch of calls from people saying, can I please get in there and see the house before the open house? No, I'm sorry, you'll have to wait until the open house. And then uh, we had uh, an open house right after things let up a little bit, uh, maybe back in June uh, for a property in Somerset. Must have had 30 couples walk through the door uh, in that two-hour open house with several offers that came that day. Yep, and especially in today's market, if you know that it is such a hot market, you've got a house that's likely to sell, your broker is not gonna be there all by themselves as one person to conduct an open house. They're gonna have a couple of people with them so that they can be watching and making sure people aren't stealing anything. You know, one of the most important things I think people can do, you don't necessarily have to go spend a lot of money to fix up your house, but you certainly want to declutter your house. If you get a lot of garbage everywhere in the house, you know, clutter, which cat it, toys. Uh, clean it up. <laughs> kid Our house toys. is full of cat toys. <laughs> Which is another good reason to use a broker because, uh, you know, we can give you tips on what to do and what not to do, what may give you a return on your investment versus what's not going to be a return on your investment and a waste of money. Yeah, maybe you cut down some of the bushes that are hiding your front windows because you can't see the windows because the bushes are too tall. Maybe you spend a little bit of money and you clean up the landscaping so the house looks better. I know you've been involved in doing that before, haven't you, Pete? Yeah, that many, many things is, you know, sometimes if the front door, main door that everybody's going to be walking into first is a little bit, you know, chipped and peeled, I recommend certainly cleaning it up and painting it. Just little things like that that I can give tips and advice on what you should and shouldn't do. Tenny, do you know who Laura Inglis Wilder is? Did you ever hear of Little House on the Prairie? Yes. She wrote that book, and she said, home is the nicest word there is. But to summarize this little section, Pete, people should not try to sell the house themselves. It's dangerous. You won't get the value necessarily you should be getting. You don't know how to show the house. Um, you tend to talk too much. Well, not only that, but you know, we've got a property right now that just went under agreement, and the other agent said, well, since your mother is the closing attorney for your client, uh, just to make it easier, uh, why don't we use her as uh, the closing attorney on, on my buyer's end as well? And I said, you can't do that. You can't do that. You don't want to do that. That's not protecting your buyer. William Shakespeare once said, people are usually the happiest at home. Not always. If you don't get along with your spouse, it's not necessarily a happy place, no. I suppose. <laughs> but in general, it is. So fairly new uh, information on uh, mortgage rates, which is why it's a good time to buy a home, 
is as of uh, November 18th, 30-year fixed rates right now are 3.03%, which is very low. And if you're looking for a 15-year fixed rate, you're all the way down to 2.45%. So that's just uh, uh, less than a week ago, uh, 11.18. And those are very low rates. And if you're talking about if you're a veteran and you're looking for VA uh, benefits in order to get approved for a loan, uh, today's rates as of, and I'm trying to look at the date, but this is you know within the last week or two as well, a 30-year fixed VA loan, 2.25%, uh, which is very low, and a 15-year fixed VA loan, 1.99%. These are all-time record low mortgage rates. If you can find a house to buy and you're qualified to get financing, this is an outstanding time to purchase a, a home. Tenny, tell us a little bit more about what exactly does a real estate attorney do? I've always told people, for example, that um, the number one most important investment you ever make in your life is buying and selling a house. And the number one time you absolutely want to be represented by an attorney is when you're buying and selling a house because a lot of mistakes get made, don't they? Actually, real estate is pretty complicated. And yes, you need to be represented whether you're the buyer or the seller. Often the buyer feels that they are represented by the what's called the closing attorney if they're seeking a mortgage because the bank will want an attorney representing it, and the buyer thinks that that attorney represents them as well. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes everything goes well. But a buyer needs an attorney as much as uh, a seller does. But particularly, sellers need them to do everything from reviewing the offer. Let's stop right there for a second. So even when you get the offer and the broker presents the offer, don't automatically say, yep, looks good. I'm going to sign the offer tonight. No, because... Have it reviewed by the lawyer. Absolutely. There's, There's... Language that some people will put into an offer form or contingencies that they can put into an offer form that are really sometimes sneaky and not anything that you want to get involved in. Sometimes you're talking about uh, just the simple contingency, which a lot of people have, which is I need to sell and close on my home first before I can purchase this home. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've seen, uh, even with a property under agreement on both ends, where one of them will fall through, will fall through, and it totally messes up the deal for both. So absolutely, that's why you should have uh, an attorney uh, and a broker on both ends of the transaction. And again, some people think that if they have uh, the lender attorney showing up at a closing, that's good enough, and that's really not the case. The lender's attorney is looking out for the lender only. We're going to continue with this topic in just a minute. We're going to take a very short break to recognize the Westport Little Learners Daycare Center. They're located at 875 State Road in Westport, which is Route 6. And just listen for a minute, and we will be right back. For the best daycare center in our area, you really need to visit Westport Little Learners. They're located at 875 State Road in Westport. And this morning we have with us Sonia and Nadine, who are the co-owners, is that correct? Well, yes, good morning, yes. ladies. Good morning. good morning. Thank you for having us. And you must have a lot of fun doing what you do. We do. We love our job. I know that you see uh, children between the ages of 15 months and 8 years old, and you do have a few vacancies right now. You're a fully licensed daycare center. Yes. And um, what does somebody need to do if they want to reach you and get more information? Do you have a Facebook page, for example? We do. So we're currently enrolling ages 15 months and up. We have a Facebook page, um, Little Learners of Westport, LLC, on Facebook. And um, we also can be contacted with our phone number, which is 774-319-5578. And if you ever forget any of this information, ladies and gentlemen, give a call to our office, and we'll be happy to refer you and give you strong references. Uh, They have a Facebook page that you should visit. If you have a need and interest in having your child, your grandchild, your children be taken care of by a staff, a professional staff of four people, 
give them a call. And I can personally attest not only to both Nadine and Sonia's kindness, but also what a great daycare center they have because my daughter Charlotte went there for how many years? Three years? Three years. Yeah, I'd say at least three years. She's and the sweetest. She still talks about you. She's seven, and she still talks about you all the time and the great experiences that she had there, as well as it's not just a, like a daycare center. I mean, you really taught her a lot, you know, colors and shapes and ABCs and numbers and everything else. So it's a full-service daycare center, and without a doubt, it's the best in the area. But you're also, you. you're also doing something for Parents' Night Out. When does that take place? That's on um, Friday night, September, um, December 11th. Okay. And what that is is you can drop your child off or children off and you can go off and finish your Christmas shopping. You can go and have a date night. You can just go home and have a glass of wine and get the heck away from all the stress of everything. <laughs> so it's a great program that you're offering. So that's Friday, December 11th. And check them out. Give them a call at uh, 774-319-5578, Westport Little Learners at 875 State Road in Westport. And they are, of course, uh, abiding by all the COVID protocols. They're sanitizing more than they have to. Uh, they do get uh, regular checkups by the state uh, to make sure that everything is, is in order, and that's, that's uh, correct, right? Yes. Well, Nadine and Sonia, thank you so much for being here. You've brightened up our morning and uh, continued good success with your business. Thank, thank you so you much so for much. having us. Thank, thank you, you for being this week's Business Spotlight. Take care. Thank, thank you. you. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. We're talking today about how to protect your single most important asset, financial asset, that is, your house. We've talked about how to hold title to the house, how to uh, buy and sell a house. We're talking about buying the house, excuse me, selling the house right now. And you I'd know, like to just give a special thanks again for Sonia and Nadine for coming in. Uh, we are doing this business spotlight. This is only the fourth week. Uh, so we're really trying to spread, um, shed some light on some of the better businesses in our area that uh, may need your uh, help in these times to, uh, you know, continue on as they are. And uh, please support these businesses that we're presenting to you with our Business Spotlight of the Week. And if there's anyone listening with a small business locally that would like to be mentioned and come in for that brief interview, please feel free to reach out to us. Let me give one more important announcement, Pete. We are a center for receiving toys for the Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tots program. We've already filled our collection box twice. Last year we did it three times. I think we're going to fill it four, maybe five times this year. Well, I hope so. Uh, one of the reasons that it was filled so much and it filled two boxes is the generosity of one woman. Um, so we've actually had donations much much more down this year. So I'm hopeful that people will step up and provide a, an unwrapped new toy, gift, uh, gift card, clothing, uh, something, because we're actually seeing lower numbers than usual. It's just that one woman that brought so many. You can also leave a check and make a check payable to Toys for Tots. I thought last week it was going to be made payable to USMC, but no, it's made payable to Toys for Tots, Drop off your check. They will deposit your check. They're going to buy some new toys, and you're going to make the light shine for some young kids who just don't have toys for Christmas. If you make out a check to just USMC, they may buy some toys, but it'll be like a, a M240 grenade launcher for themselves. Uh, no, don't say that. No. Make, make the check payable to Toys for Tots, and we do have people every year who do that, and it's gratefully appreciated. So... Uh, Toys for Tots. There are two centers on Fonts Corner Road. There's one at the State Police Barracks uh, on Fonts Corner Road, and then at our office at 352 Fonts Corner Road is also a collection point. Do something to help. It's an important thing to do. I'd like to mention, too, when you're selling a house, you know, sometimes people are not comfortable with how their house looks on the inside. It's got too much stuff in it. It has really old stuff in it. And they'll bring in what's called a staging company. Uh, we're fortunate in this office that one of our clients is in the house staging business. Her name is Roberta LaPrade. And if you have interest in using that kind of service, give us a call. We'll be happy to refer you to Roberta LaPrade. 
So let's come back just a little bit further. Tenny, you talked about the offer. Important to review the offer. And then you also prepare the purchase and sale agreement, and that's very important. You need to find out if there's financing involved and so forth. The purchase and sale is probably the most important document. Um, I'm, I want to remind people, though, that offers are contracts. And when you sign that offer, Good point. you, you uh, make a commitment for yourself to sell on the terms that are included in that offer. So don't just kind of um, sign it willy-nilly. Have it looked at, have it reviewed to see what it might mean to you. Um, but the purchase and sale is very important. And I'm in the midst of negotiating one right now, for example, and I've gone back and forth with the buyer's attorney two or three times on language because not everything that the buyer wants is something that the seller is going to agree to do, and you really need to be represented by an attorney. And I'm biased, but I know for a fact that you are an excellent uh, attorney for uh, preparing these uh, purchase and sales contracts, PNS contracts, because you put a lot of detail into each and every one, and every home sale is different, and you put very uh, excellent uh, riders and protective language in there, um, you know, on a case-specific basis to protect your client. Uh, you also have to research the deed to make sure that there's no issues with the deed transferring from one party to the other. And that has been an issue in the past where there's incorrect deeds or a deed will skip over one another. Um, so you're great at doing all that. And it's it's detail work. It's fussy work, but it needs to be done to protect your clients. I have but to I, give, go ahead. I'm sorry. I do want to mention that we do not hold ourselves out as title attorneys. That's a that's a real specialty to make sure that what's called the title to the property is clear. But we know a lot of the issues. Um, yep. I've probably done two or 3,000 real estate title searches in my past. I don't do them anymore, but we use some good services to do that. I'd like to give you a quotation that I think is really kind of interesting and funny from a federal agency. It's called the National Park Service American Public Land Agency. Take care of the land. Someday you'll be a part of it. Hmm. Very nice. <laughs> yep, they have that in their wall. Isn't that funny? I love that. It's not oh Rodney my. Dangerfield, but it'll do. <laughs> well, let's continue. What are some of the reasons people want to sell their house? It's, maybe it's too big or it's too much work taking care of it. Maybe they were married and one spouse has died and the surviving spouse doesn't want to be alone in a big house any longer. Well, there's a, a, a very large population of um, older citizens in our community now, and they're looking for single-story homes. That's the hottest property right now that you can try to find is single-story living. A lot of people are moving out of the big cities like New York because they don't want to be around that many people in a time of COVID, and they're looking to live someplace else that might be safer and cleaner to live in, right? right. So lots of reasons that people choose to sell, and downsizing is certainly one of the most important ones. And similarly, people looking to buy. I mean, there are um, a host of young families who need space for their kids to grow up. So there are... There are people on both ends of this, sellers and buyers. Let's talk about some of the things that to look at from a buyer's perspective. If you're looking to be a buyer, I guess one of the most important things you should do is get yourself pre-qualified for mortgage financing because a seller is not even going to look at you. A broker is not even going to look at you if, unless you're going to be a cash buyer. If you can't produce a letter that says that you've already applied for financing and you're qualified for a mortgage of X dollars, that's a good point. You've got it, the edge. I'd say even a few years ago, you didn't necessarily need to have a pre-qualification letter. Right. Now you, you do. absolutely need to have that now, yep. sometimes before people will even allow you to see the property. Um, and certainly no offer is going to be accepted in, in today's market, especially if you do not have that pre-qualification letter attached to your offer. Yeah. If So if you're in the selling position, for example, you're selling your house, and a broker is bringing a potential offer to you or a potential buyer to you with an offer, one of the first questions you need to ask the broker is, is this person who wants to buy my house pre-qualified? Do they have a letter? Otherwise, you don't want to consider them. Same thing for open houses, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, with regards to getting that uh, pre-approval letter, uh, I have two mortgage brokers um, who I've been friends with for a very long time that I can put you in touch with if you uh, or someone that you know of are looking. Okay. So um, how do you finance a house? I guess if you're a veteran, you might qualify for a 100% mortgage with no money down. Right, Tenny? I'm not sure how that works exactly, but maybe you do. Yes, veterans financing is available. Uh, generally, you have to be <clears throat> have to have served uh, in active military. You can't be a reservist, for example. But uh, VA financing is um, is cheap and requires less down payment and so forth. And look, go ahead. Sorry, I'm asking this genuinely because. I'm curious, and I don't know the answer. When you are a veteran specialist, which you are, you have to get certified. Every year, do you have to get certified for that? Every period, which is generally two years, you have to do a certain number of continuing legal education courses and um, give those course names and, and the fact that you pass that exam to the VA in order to continue to be certified. And you do all that simply for the love and respect for the veterans, not for any financial gain, because um, you're not allowed to charge for some of those services that you provide, correct? I'm not allowed to, to uh, charge anything for veterans' applications. I can represent a veteran if they are turned down or if they want to appeal or something like that. Okay. Well, that's a good thing to know and a good thing to do. So... Um, when you finance, even if you do a VA loan, I guess you do that through the bank, but the bank gets 100% VA guarantee, so they've got no risk involved. So they're willing to do the loan. Right, and there's first-time homebuyer programs and so forth. Yep, there's first-time homebuyer programs. There's traditional mortgages. There's FHA-insured mortgages. And FHA has sort of minimal down payments also. Um, but we can refer you to some locations uh, Tenney is a licensed mortgage originator. Uh, the office here does not do traditional bank kind of f- what they call forward mortgages. Uh, instead, you specialize in uh, reverse mortgages. Another thing to look at, by the way, a lot of people don't realize that you can buy a home using a reverse mortgage. How old do you have to be to do that, Tenney? 62. So... Um, so- Reverse mortgages are wonderful things. I know they have a very bad reputation. Most people that I talk to about reverse mortgages say, oh, I don't like those. They're not good. They're they're no good for me. They really have a bad reputation. But they have changed, and they are really beneficial to uh, older folk. So here's a quiz for you, Tenny. Uh, Who said, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. In her ruby slippers, Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, right. So there is no place like home. One thing that I think is going to be something to keep a close eye on is there are more early stage mortgage delinquencies right now than there were during the Great Depression. That's pretty amazing. So I wonder how that's going to play into the housing market uh, right now, it's very difficult for lenders to foreclose um, because of so many things going on with moratoriums. Um, exactly, uh, and th- many lenders are offering forbearances due to the CARES Act. But as those come to a close, people are going to have to get caught up. And if they're still out of work and the economy is still not doing well, that means that there's going to be a probably record number of foreclosures, which will be a terrible thing for the economy but it will also open up a lot more inventory. Another buying opportunity. So a forbearance is what? The bank is simply holding off and not proceeding with collection action, right? Correct, and that doesn't affect your credit score. You have to work it out with them. We talked about this very briefly last week, but uh, you have to work it out with your lender, and they're either going to tack the remaining payments that you're missing onto the end of the loan, 
uh, or they may be due after a six-month period or a 12-month period, which is a dangerous situation to be in because if you can't make payments for six months and all of a sudden you're expected to pay all six months at once, that's just not likely to happen. And important to mention that this forbearance doesn't mean forgiveness. That money is still owed. Exactly. It's got to be paid. Exactly. It, doesn't, it doesn't mean you should ignore it either. That's the worst thing you could do. If you're having difficulty paying the mortgage, you absolutely want to be in touch with your bank, don't you? Yep. And prior to COVID, there was a, a, a continued decline for 27 straight months of uh problems with people uh, not paying their mortgage. So it was actually in a really good trend until COVID hit. I want to say a couple of quick things uh, additionally about the reverse mortgage. Reverse mortgage allows you to buy a house, which means that let's assume you're going to get a 50% loan-to-value reverse mortgage. You could make an offer on the house. You put down 50% as your down payment because you've got savings that you you have, and you do a reverse mortgage for the other 50%, You've now bought a house, and you have no mortgage payments to make if you don't want to pay payments, right? Right. Another uh, good tip, I'm sort of going back like 15 minutes ago on the importance of why you should use a real estate broker, um, is that we can provide you with some information, again, what you should and should not do with your home, but more importantly, uh, I don't know if most brokers do this, but we sort of go above and beyond, I think when dealing with potential buyers and letting them know you know, what they could do with the property, giving them this idea or that idea. But especially if the, the buyer who's presenting an offer, usually you know, a first-time home buyer, they're looking for an FHA loan, the home has to be up to code in many ways. It can't have any problems with the roof. It can't have any problems with chipped or peeling paint on the exterior. Uh, they, they can't have fuses. They, there's a number of things that have to comply in order to get a FHA loan approved. And if you don't have the money to go out of pocket and repair those things prior to selling or prior to closing to satisfy those needs, then we can negotiate with the buyer uh, that we set aside money in escrow, and I actually get the quotes myself um, from various companies to replace the roof or to replace the circuit breaker box with uh, with a fuse box with circuit breakers. And then we set aside one and a half times the amount of that proposal at closing, and the problem gets taken care of after, and that satisfies the, the, the FHA lender. But that brings up another really important point, Pete. You don't ever buy a house unless you hire a home inspector and have the house inspected and get a written report. Right. I mean, that just doesn't happen unless unless it's, uh, you know, a home that is in such tough shape that it's basically, uh, you know, just going to be flipped by an investor who knows what they're doing and they know that they're going to gut the entire house anyways. Often they will waive the right to a home inspection, but that's the only case usually. Mm-hmm. Is this a good time to refinance a house, Tenny? It is. Because of the mortgage rates, they're as low as they probably ever will be. Um, so, yes, refinance is a, is a good opportunity now. Okay. Uh, rates are historically low. It's a great time to refinance. It's probably a little slow because a lot of people are now going through the process of refinancing. But if you're able to do that, if you've got income still coming in, um, and you can support it, your credit record is okay, your credit rating is okay, uh, it's a great time to refinance your house. You're going to pay off your mortgage much faster, and it's going to cost you much less as an outgo from your house. The, um, the information about mortgages is important for people to understand, however. Um, there are, I'm not sure that everyone understands the difference between fixed mortgage rates and adjustable mortgage rates, 30-year terms, 15-year terms, and so forth. So if you're not familiar with those things and you're looking for a mortgage, you need to speak with someone, come in and talk with us, and we can explain what those things mean. If you're a cat lover living today, you'll understand this anonymous quotation. It's really the cat's house. We just pay the mortgage. Absolutely. Isn't that the truth, right? The cats have more of the bed than we do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> well, um, should you, if you want to protect your house, Tenny, and we're talking with attorney Tenny Lance, you can reach her at 508-998-8800. Should you put your house in your children's name to protect it? 
generally that is not a good idea for a number of reasons. There are tax reasons. There are uh, family reasons not to do that. Um, if you gift your house to your child while uh, you're alive, those kids are going to inherit that or get that house at your basis, which probably is very low considering that you probably bought it 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, and then if they go to sell it after you're deceased, they're going to pay a huge amount of capital gains. Plus, what if they decide that they want to sell it and you're still there? And that's actually happened. <laughs> where I've seen that happen. The woman put the house in her son's name to try to protect it from the nursing home. And the next day, the son literally put up a real estate sign. <laughs> exactly. And the other reason is, what if you give it to your daughter and all of a sudden uh, your daughter goes through a divorce? So there's all kinds of different reasons. Oh, a number of years ago, I was uh, assistant register of deeds in New Bedford when John Gomes was register of deeds. And we had a, a man who came in once, and he had put the house in the kid's name and then decided he wanted it back. His wife had died, and he wanted to get married again. And the kids refused to do it, and the man was in, his off, in the office in tears. Um, you don't have a remedy at that point. Nope. Real quick, just to sort of... Uh, Wrap up one more thing on how to protect your home. Um, you should get a homestead, which uh, attorney Tenny Lance or Mike Coleman can prepare for you. Very inexpensive. That protects your home if you were sued because of an accident um, and somebody sues you. Uh, insurance and an umbrella liability policy, which is tied into the insurance, should absolutely be something that you make sure that you have the right coverage, the proper coverage, and Cheryl at Lance Family Insurance Agency can tell you that. She's phenomenal. You've heard her name and us talk about her many times before. Um, there are alarm systems and camera systems that you should absolutely look into if you don't have those. I have a Nest camera system that has uh, saved me a few times from um, some, some situations at our house. Uh, so reach out to one of the law the lawyers to talk about getting a homestead. How much is a homestead, Mom? Uh, it's seventy five bucks for us to pre prepare it, but it's only thirty five dollars to file it at the Registry of Deeds. In other words, to put it on record, and it's probably the cheapest insurance that you can get. $110 to protect your home if you or a child get into a car accident and some, the, somebody sues you for a million dollars that they cannot take your home. I like to think that most of us in this office here are really experts in real estate, buying, selling, financing, protecting, and so forth. Give us a call if we can help you. And thank you so much for being here, Pete and Tenny. Um, we bring a collective probably, I don't know, 120, Too many years. <laughs> 120 years worth of experience. We're happy to uh, look out for your interest. Stay safe, protect your home, let us help you, and thank you for listening. <laughs>